this morning. Jesus, I trust you. of this chaos and uncertainty that we don't have to be afraid because our Lord reigns. Sing that. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. No, I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm. Peace, be still. Say the word and I will set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Oh, peace, be still. You are here, so Trust the voice that speaks. Oh, I'm not gonna be afraid, cause these waves are only waves. No, I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna fear the storm. You are greater than its roar. Oh, I'm not gonna fear the storm. Oh, I'm not gonna fear it all. Peace, be still. Say the word, and I will set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Oh, peace, be still. You are here, so it is well. Even when my Trust the voice that speaks Peace, peace Over me yeah, yeah. Just declare this right now let faith rise up, oh heart, believe. Let faith rise up in me. Let faith rise up, 
absolutely no secret what the songwriter of the song was was drawing from there's a story in Mark chapter 4 that tells us about Jesus and his disciples in the sea and uh, 
I want you to notice something. As they were singing this song, guys, I went back and was beginning to read this story. And maybe the most important part of this story that we need to get today are the words of Jesus that start the whole story when it says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, don't miss this, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So who said that they were going to the other side of the lake? Jesus. Jesus said, we're all getting in this boat together and we're going. So Jesus being omniscient and omnipresent knows that there's a storm coming and leads them right into it. And what does he do? He does one of those Jesus things that we just don't understand. He goes to sleep. And the storm comes and it, it brings fear to them like they've never experienced. And Jesus wakes up, rebukes the wind and says, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. I just want to speak over your life today a great calm into your situation whatever it might be receive the peace that Jesus brings when he speaks over your life and what follows is a great calm now I think this story was recorded not just for the amazing miracle because you know let's face it I mean you know, most of us are never going to have this happen. We're not going to be in a boat and experience a storm like this. But we pretty regularly talk about the problems as li of life as being what? Storms. And so Jesus gives us his, this example to know that when we go through the storms, that he is there with us. And that he will speak over those storms and say what? Peace, be still. Now notice the last thing Jesus says. Then he asks them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? That's why what we sang right there in that bridge is so important. And I want y'all to pick it up again. I want us to pick it up right there at the bridge. Because sometimes we have to speak over our own lives and say, let faith rise up in me. See, that's a position to say, right now, I don't have a lot of faith. I don't feel a lot of faith. I feel weak and adequate and full of fear and worry. But you know what? Jesus is okay with that. So we, we hear him say, peace be still. We hear him speak calm over the things that are in our lives today. And so as you're listening at home and those of you who are in the room today, as we sing this again right there, saying, let faith rise up. Will you just Let sing that even if you feel absolutely nothing today? Speak that and sing that over your life today. Come on. Say it. Let faith rise up in me today. Let faith rise up in my heart today. Come on, say it. Let faith rise up, oh heart.
Pray what we just sang over your people today, over every person who's in this room this morning, over every person who's watching at home, who will listen to this or watch later in the day or later in the week, Lord. We ask you just to speak peace over their hearts, over their souls. Your word talks about a peace that passes all understanding. And that's the kind of peace that steps into our situation when we're overwhelmed and we don't know what to do next or we're overwhelmed with fear or worry or anxiety or we don't know what choice to make or maybe things are upside down with our job or our family or our marriage Lord we ask today God that that peace that you bring God that you would speak it over every family over every heart over every life today over every marriage, over every job, over every financial concern, over every person who has health challenges right now, we pray. And Lord, I pray right now over our country. And I pray, Lord, right now that this spirit of fear that some and the enemy would have us to have a spirit of fear as we move out of this season of the coronavirus. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, peace over the minds and hearts of every American, every, every person on this planet today, God, that, Lord, we would understand that in you, your word says, perfect love cast out all fear. So, Lord, may your presence and your spirit be the thing that cast out all fear, not a news report or a number that we look to or the words of a governor or president, but God, we pray that your presence would speak peace over our country. Lord, may we not move forward with fear, but with faith. May you move the, the things that are in our minds and our spirits that are causing us to be racked with fear, and may we be filled with faith and peace that only comes from you. We thank you for that today, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Those of you who are in the house today, you may be seated. And uh, awesome job today, worship team leading us in worship today. Thank you so much. And before I get started this morning, I want to ask um, uh, Danny and Summer and Brock and, and Evan to stay close by because I want to I share something about them just a second. So as they kind of get in place, I do want to mention something uh, today, last week, you, you may remember that we uh, we wrapped up the uh, the message, uh, well, the the service last week. We wrapped it up with that music video, "Peace Be Still," that these guys uh, ministered for us. And um, there's been a lot of things we all know. There's been a lot of things that we've lost during this season over the last eight weeks. But one of those things for for these guys. Uh, was the ability to be able to uh, perform and minister. I shouldn't say perform, that's a bad word. 
but to minister for Fields of Faith, which is an event that they do at the school every year and brings you know, hundreds of teenagers in. And, and most, a good portion of that team was made up of students from our youth group and from uh, Compassion's youth group. And, and if you don't recognize Summer Smith, a lot of y'all know her. She's, uh, she's a worship leader with their youth group. And so I wanted, I wanted this group to have an opportunity today, along with our students who are so faithful, to lead today and just give them a special nod to say, we're so proud of you. And uh, they had been working for months. Uh, I think they were going to do like 50 songs, right? 15. Okay, see, that's still a lot uh, that night. And we're still believing that that's going to be able to happen. We've not completely put that on the shelf. But I was so proud of them a few weeks ago when they realized this wasn't going to happen. They went into the studio uh, that, uh, that Danny kind of put together along with Josh and David. And, uh, and they just started recording this song. And what I think is so powerful. Did you choose that song, Summer? What's so powerful about that? I think the story goes that that was not on the list. And so I think it's um, just a powerful way the Holy Spirit moves. They had worked on 15 songs. And then she came along and said, well, we're not going to do one of those. We're going to do this one. And that song is the song you just heard. And doesn't it speak so perfectly to where we are in our culture right now? And I think that was an on-time word through song. And so, guys, we want, we want you to know how much we appreciate all your hard work. We're, we're praying and believing that Fields of Faith is still going to happen. But, um, but these guys and these other students who played this morning, I leaned over to Trent uh, during worship. I said, you do realize that most churches don't have a, a team. The Sunday morning team is good as that team. And this is the youth team. And so, guys, we love you and thank you and are so proud of you and how God is using your talents and abilities. So can we give them one more hand? You know, thank y'all. And they're, they're not done. They're going to come back and, at the end and, uh, and, and sing another song and, and, uh, and, and sing a blessing over us as we end today. Well, if you're at home this morning uh, and you're hearing a little bit more noise in the room, it's because we've got a little bit more people in here today. We asked uh, all our moms that were connected to any part of our team to be with us today. And so we're glad to have moms in the house today. Uh, as I was entering into this week, I kind of felt the same way I did entering into Easter because Easter is always, that morning has so much energy and it's, it's so it's so awesome to be together on Easter Sunday morning and say Happy Easter and, and just greet one another. And this is one of my favorite days of the year. I try to get to every mom and tell them Happy Mother's Day and how much we love them. So to all the moms who are watching today and listening, if you're a part of our church family, you're tuning in from somewhere else. Moms, grandmas, even we'll throw in the moms-to-be. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. You are so essential in everything that we do everything that you do, and, uh, and we love you today, and we honor you this morning. Uh, so today, we're going to continue with uh, our series that we've been in called Terms for the Times, and uh, this is, I am so glad to say, the eighth and final Sunday that we'll be uh, live streaming only, uh, as Pastor Josh said at the beginning of the um, 
of the live stream this morning. Uh, we've, you've gotten details from us and more coming throughout the, the week. So keep your eyeballs on uh, social media to hear all the details about returning to worship next Sunday. But we can't wait to see you next weekend. So we began this series a couple weeks ago. And we started with the first new term of the times that we're hearing, this term, the new normal. We talked about some of the things that maybe God is trying to do in our lives spiritually to be the new normal for us. And then last week, we played off of that term, the church has left the building. Well, today, we're going to talk about this term, essential workers. How many of you heard that term, essential workers? We've all heard that, and we've heard the debate about who's essential and who's the not essential, and I'm not going to get into all that this morning. But that word essential, by definition, means absolutely necessary, indispensable. And since it is Mother's Day, I mean, we need to talk today about the ultimate essential worker mom, grandma. Uh, moms and grandmothers are, are certainly absolutely necessary and indispensable to our lives. And so I want to read a verse of scripture for you this morning from Proverbs uh, you know where I'm going this morning. This incredible scripture that um, describes the woman who, uh, who honors and pleases God, who blesses her family. And I'm going to skip all the stuff in the middle that we kind of get tripped over about how she makes her own bricks out of straw. And how she makes meals out of nothing. And all these things that the proverb describes that this, this mom is just... She can do everything, but I want to hit you with the bookends in Proverbs 31. That are really the most important things that, that the, the writer is saying to us. And I know that this verse applies to, uh, it applies to my mom, it applies to my wife, my mother-in-law, my sister, my sister-in-law. I'm blessed to have some great moms around me, but it applies to every mom in the house today, every mom who's watching. We, we've got some incredible moms, and we're going to celebrate you today, but I want to read this verse. It says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And then jumping down to verse 28. He concludes and says, her children stand and bless her. Kids, stand and bless your mom today. Love on her today. Her husband praises her. Men, praise your wife today. Praise your mom today. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity you've given us to worship you, to be in your house, and to celebrate moms and the institute of motherhood that you developed. This is your creation. And these moms and grandmas who are listening today and in the room today, they are yours. And we just pray they would be encouraged and strengthened by what we hear today, and we praise you for what you're going to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Mother's Day looks a lot different this year. <sighs> Mommy needs a quarantine. 
And our moms may be spending a lot of time with their kids right now. A lot. Like, so, so much time. And even though they love their kids to the moon and back, Sometimes moms need a little alone time. Mommy! You know, to recharge. Go talk to daddy. Mommy! Where are you? No matter what's happening in the world, their favorite way to spend time is with their family. In good times, in hard times. Mom! Hi. You're breaking everything! In uncertain times. Thank you, Mom, for making time for us every single day. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I ask that you would watch over us as we go to bed and rest, that you would speak to us in Bible stories and speak to us in... Uh... Well, I don't know if you caught it or not, but the title of that uh, video was Mommy Needs a Quarantine. So moms at home, raise your hand if you need a quarantine. You need your own quarantine away from your kids. That's okay. Well, I am joined this morning by a wonderful panel of ladies that you recognize. These are ladies who are uh, leaders in our church, and uh, I'm going to have them introduce themselves in just a second. But I just want to say to them how much I appreciate all y'all do. Um, first of all, everything that you do here in our church family, you represent Christ in an amazing way. You serve our children and our teens and our adults and our seniors in so many different ways. And, uh, and you do it with that scripture that we read. And so let me just say to you, thank you for that. You all are wonderful moms and, uh, and have done a tremendous job with your kids. And, and we look at them and, and just see all that uh, God has blessed you with. And so uh, we want to glean from your wisdom and from your, um, your years of experience today and just have you share with our moms today. Y'all hold your mics up. We're getting a little bit of squealing. That, that might help us. Uh, share with our moms at home today. Just We're going to go through a bunch of questions and just kind of have a conversation this morning. So we're going to start over here with Jennifer, and they're just going to go around and introduce themselves, kind of share their mom resume, and then we'll get rolling. My name is Jennifer Kaufroth. Um, I have been a mom for 20 years. I have a beautiful daughter, um, Brianna. Um, She's 20 years old, and I was so proud this morning. She made all A's and one B on her GSU stuff this week, so I was really excited. <laughs> hey, I'm Kelly Thornton. Um, I think I'm the youngest baby mama, I guess, baby mama part. Um, I've been a mom for nine years um, to Marley. And those of you who know Marley know she's wonderful, and she's probably getting really uncomfortable with me using her name. So I love, love my Marley. Hey, everybody. I'm Tressa. 
and I have been a mother for 22 years. I have three children. Uh, Trent is our oldest, and he's finishing up at college, and um, Jaden just started there, and that's our daughter. And, um, and Brock is our youngest. He'll be going into his senior year. I can't believe all that's happening already. Um, but um, it has been, they have made it easy. And, um, and so Trent started it all off. Um, and I have been a mother for nearly 28 years. Um, I have four boys, all of, who, uh, all of whom are in this service this morning, and I am really blessed um, to be their mom. I'm thankful that my oldest son is our children's pastor, and um, my youngest son helps lead worship, and the two in between, they are making things happen in the real world out there, too. And um, um, it's just... Yeah, I do. I was thinking this morning, uh, Cody, Kevin had, we had, he had scheduled to have surgery. And if he had gone through with that, we would not have Cody. So I'm just thankful for the way the Lord turns things and changes things, even when you don't know what he's doing. So thank you. Very good. So as y'all know, ladies, we're, we're going to lean in this morning on this uh, term for the time, essential workers. And, and just saying, you know, we know that moms are the ultimate essential worker. So the first question we want to ask is, what is an essential lesson that you've learned from your mom? Jennifer, why don't you start us off and we'll go back around this way. I think one of the most important essential lessons I've learned from her is that I have to keep God at the center of it all. She has always been um, just a God-fearing woman and watching her example has made it just so very um, prominent to me. It's just been very essential to me. Seeing that in her, me wanting to strive to be like that has been, you know, everything and putting God at the very center of it all. Um, I wanted to share a couple of things real practical that I learned from my mom and then the, the real meat, I guess. Um, I learned how to make sweet tea from my mom. Um, and if you don't know, she makes great sweet tea, and if you put baking soda in it, it will cut the bitterness just a little bit. Um, so she does that great. Um, she also taught me, do not put your good knives or your good pots in the dishwasher. Now, I'm not saying I follow that at all. <laughs> I don't. But I think, Mom, for the record, you are right with that. Um, so she's here today, so she heard me. Um, but seriously, um, what I learned from my mom um, particularly is that she leans in when things get difficult as opposed to retreating. Um, she particularly, as a young mother, um, in her story, when having a lot of questions about life and things maybe weren't going exactly the way she wanted them to, leaned in and sought out the Lord as opposed to retreating and really um, that concept of her doing that really changed the direction of my family in particular. Um, I, I very much believe we would not have been together had she not done that um, and that's her story to tell for sure but um, my mom you know the word um, faithful is what um, comes to pass for me because of she was always there always consistent as a parent but definitely faithfully leaned into God when things were difficult. 
That's so good, so good. Hi again. Um, I, uh, I feel like I'm on a talk show. I'm sorry, y'all. It's like, okay. And what about you? Well, let me tell you something. Um, my mom, <laughs> my mom um, has always been a, an incredible example of um, true unconditional love. And I've mentioned that before. I've shared that before in different settings. But that's what always shines about her to me, uh, regardless of how she may have been hurt, other people's past that she knows about, even their present situations, choices, decision-making, whatever it may be, she is full of love for them. And it, the Lord convicts me. <laughs> in conversations that I have with her because it sticks out that much to me. It doesn't matter to her what others have done, what they are currently living like. She shows them Christ's love anyway. And, um, and that, that has always, for a long time, stuck out to me. Um, taking people in to our home, family members into our home for a period of time and helping them back up to, you know, get on their feet again, just all kinds of, of ways that, that she shows. She is so giving all the time. And I've teased about her being the one who has a present for the brand new girlfriend of a cousin to, you know, steps away from me. I'm like, how do you have that? <laughs> but um, she's just, that is her. Um, that is her character. Um, Mom, of course, my dad was a pastor for 40-plus years, and so a lot of um, her energies went to either the church or to her family. And I, I just, one of the best things that I feel like she taught me was to, um, to laugh a lot and to learn to laugh at yourself. And, um, and we still have, you know, um, she's been gone for about 12 years now, and we still enjoy a lot of laughter uh, when we think about the memories we have of her. So, um, you know, and that's biblical. Mary Hart doeth good like a medicine. So if you laugh a lot, you're pretty healthy, I think, according to the word. So anyway, that was a good lesson. Renee, what would you say is an essential characteristic of your mom's that, uh, that sticks with you even all these years after she's been passed? You can, you can see it, that it's still there. Um, if I had to describe her in one word, I think that word would be generous. Um, she loved generously, and that was uh, her children, um, her grandchildren, and the people in the church. She just, that was like her joy to, um, to just give of herself and to give of whatever financial means that she had, which was not always a lot, but uh, what, whatever she had. And, you know, like Tressa's mom, we took in a lot of people into our home and um, and some of them stayed with us for a good while and it didn't matter you know she just um, she just did she loved generously if there were you know some of you know that how much I love babies I, I, I think of my mom a lot um, because that's what she, that's just the way she did she was always taking something to those babies and I think a lot of what I do now comes from 
just her example and just loving people. No other motive. That wasn't, there was no motive to do it in order to get something back. It was, it just came from a heart that just said, I just want to give. And I'm very thankful for that. We, we've talked about some of the essential things from, from your stories and your moms. What are some things when you look at ladies you know that are moms around you, maybe at work or in the community or in your neighborhood or in our church, what are some things that stick out to you where you see some moms and some things they're doing that are going beyond the call of duty? Um, Kelly, why don't you start that one? Um, well, I was thinking about all the moms in this church and how much me having Marley that has been raised in this church, um, so she hasn't experienced anything else. All the moms that have poured into their, t given their time, not just for their own babies, but for my baby, and that I can't do and be everything for her, um, you know, I think that's something that I fight with, that, yeah, I should be able to do everything. That's what a lot of moms do, but you can't. And so mamas who have taken care of her in the nursery and Kid City um, on Wednesday nights, given their time and taught her the, the things that she can call into her memory very quickly. Many of them are not things that I necessarily taught her. She learned them here from mamas um, that are serving in this church. So very thankful for that. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you, Kelly. Um, we've Bree's not been raised here, um, but when we came in um, to this church, there were mamas who stepped in. Miss Renee, you're one of them, who just stepped in and took her under her wing, under your wing, and just loved on her and showed her what it was like to serve and love. And it's been um, it's been amazing to watch as she's come in here, not just from Miss Renee, but from Miss Tressa, Miss Kelly, Miss Kim, several others that have really just stood out um, of things that they've done and they've put in Bree's life that has been a blessing to her. So yes, I agree. Tressa, what about you? Um, I keep thinking of um, Taisha. I don't know if you're able to be with us this morning, but um, especially during this time when we haven't been able to gather here and uh, hearing stories from other moms out there in TV land, um, and then just texting um, or sending a picture, or Brittany, I think of the little video that you sent us uh, of Jackson. Jackson's her little itty bitty baby, and him standing in front of the screen watching us worship and lead praise and worship time during our service, and he's there bouncing in front of the TV. And we said, worshiping the Lord with us. Um, Taisha, go back to you and you sharing. Um, she had, she had um, gotten online to watch our service one Sunday morning in one of her children's rooms. And several of, she has um, a couple of kids. And so they started kind of, she said, one by one trickling in to the room. And she said, by the end of the service, all of them were in there with me watching and her oldest is a sixth grader and her other two are itty bitty elementary children and um, her youngest who is um, I believe five and you can text me and correct me later if you need to but um, her little five-year-old she um, she said that he wrote down in his little five-year-old handwriting and in his little five-year-old way um, she said what what notes did you take from the sermon today <laughs> and he told her exactly what it said 
and she, uh, she sent it to us and told us about it, and he wrote down, um, it, was one, it was one morning where Les had shared, um, be still and know that I am God. And he wrote at the top of his little page, the verse number 10, he got that in there. And then he wrote, um, God says, stay still, don't move. I've got to tell people stuff. <laughs> and I absolutely fell in love with that version of that scripture verse. I've got to tell people stuff. Don't move. Just be still. And that has stuck out to me that they, moms, our moms, you have made it a point to continue to teach and instruct your children in God's word. And however they interpret it and however their version may come out, that it's hidden in their heart that they may not sin against him. And that sticks out to me, that that becomes the most important thing, that they are experiencing God with their mama. Um, one of the ways that I was thinking that it really stands out to me watching mothers in this church go above and beyond is when I see mothers whose children are grown serving in the nursery and um, loving on somebody else's. You know, there are some that, you know, depending on how many children you've raised, uh, might say, no, I've done my time. But for women who say, no, there's a need there, and I will go in and I will feed them when they need to be fed and I will change their diaper and I will sing songs with them and I will, um, I will just try to do whatever I can to, um, to meet the needs of that baby. To me, that's just, um, that's a blessing. That's a huge blessing and it's just a way to go above and beyond um, to bless the children of this church. I wanna add to that the moms who, uh, who go above and beyond and they're, their children are still lost and uh, maybe they have adult children or even grandchildren and they're so faithful to keep praying for them and lifting them up they don't quit and so I want to encourage you if that's you don't quit you are certainly essential your prayers are essential and uh, some people would just quit but don't keep praying for them uh, God hears those prayers and, and uh, the Holy Spirit's working in their lives uh, what do we sing sometimes when I, even when I don't see it, you're working. So uh, stand on that and be encouraged by that. Uh, Kelly, let's kick it over to you. So your, um, your experience has been a little bit different because you're, uh, you know, super essential to Marley because uh, you and Brad adopted her. So as a, as a mom who, who had a, has an adopted child, how has that experience, and I know you don't even think about that any, probably anymore, and we don't, we, I don't even think about it, I just, don't even, it's not even on my radar, but, but when we start thinking about everybody's individual stories, how has that shaped uh, your experience as a mom? So that is a very big question <laughs> uh, when, you, when I saw that. So I have like lots of notes, but I'm not going to read them all, <laughs> so don't worry. Um, but I mean, a lot of what you guys were just saying about um, having peace and what we sang about earlier with that song, like you don't have to know everything, um, what it's going to look like to be able to have peace in God, not necessarily in yourself. Um, but for me, 
Um, adopting Marley, of course, that's unique. Most people don't, a lot of people don't get to experience that. And I say they don't get to experience that because it was and still is a huge blessing to me. It's not, wasn't plan B. It wasn't the second best. It was and is a, a very big blessing. Um, but for me, it was all the verses, things about adoption that I'd heard as a child or growing up in the church or um, the verses about God having a plan for you. Um, you know, you like them and you're like, that's great. But then when you experience something, when it actually comes to life for you, and for me, that's what um, the, the path to being a mom for me was because we experienced a lot of loss. Um, Brad and I experienced at least um, five miscarriages. Many of you know that, know our story, and we share that um, openly to say it was very painful. Um, it was very difficult at the time. Um, you know, it wasn't pretty <laughs> at the time. Like me fighting the ugly cry here on the stage <laughs> would be the equivalent of what it looked like regularly. I was I was mad, I was irritated, I was frustrated because I, at the time, knew that God, I had no doubt he had the ability to, just like that, change my circumstances, but for whatever reason, and I did not know the other side, which was Marley, which is so wonderful, but at the time, it was pretty rough, it really um, was difficult for me to come to grips with that. Why would he not, um, you know, do this for me when I believe it so, so much? Um, and so um, for me, I guess with the question that you asked about, you know, how did it shape me? It, I don't think about adoption. Yes, I don't think about that daily. She's my child and that's it. But I regularly and still now still learn new things through that. Um, things like the, the control part, which I have a tendency to kind of want to do, to tr control something, to make it go the way that I think it should. Like, if I do this and if I do that, I will get this outcome. And in my journey to being a mom, it wasn't. We did not know how we were going to do it financially. We did not know how we were going to do it timetable. Like, it wasn't a nine-month and, you know, it's here. Um, it, it was all of those things were just just take a step. Now take another step once you get on that step. Um, and for us, I will say this, and I'm trying to hurry um, and not take too long, but um, a lot of the things that happened that brought us to Marley are Marley's story just as much as they're ours. So I'm very conscious of, you know, wanting to make sure that she, that I don't share all of her story because it's hers. Um, now, if I stood here, I would be here for hours telling you about the numerous miracles that took place. I mean, that's all they are, over and over and over, and the timing of things that happened that brought us to her. Um, so just trust me when I say there's a ton of them, and when she's ready to tell them, you know, she's going to tell them. Um, but let me make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, um, Oh, just the one other thing around that control piece. The other thing that I learned is that we as mamas um, and as just women or people, um, being self-sufficient is dangerous. Um, for me, that's dangerous for me is when I get to the point that I can accomplish something, 
that I can get there is when um, I'm not leaning into the Lord, like I talked about my mom does so well. Um, and so for me, that this whole path to being a mom to Marley really taught me about that, is that learning that self-sufficiency is not good was a blessing to me. And any time that I get there, usually there's something that's speaking to say, and you're getting off kilter, um, and that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. So, um, but anyway, I can keep going, but I'm going to stop. So. That's good. Uh, Jennifer, you were sharing a little bit about Bree a while ago, and she's halfway through college. So, um, you know, you know, you're not done yet. You know, you're still in the middle of it. But when you, you've got more, uh, you know, I, what's the right way to say it behind you than ahead of you? As far as, you know, the raising part of it. But if you sit down with a mom, who we got a lot of young moms in our church. You know, what are some things that you've learned through raising her that you would say these are some essential things that if you get these things right you can trust God with the rest kind of like what you were saying Kelly um, I actually have kind of a, a few things um, one of them um, is that practical thing be consistent um, I feel like that consistency is key in everything um, if you know if you're gonna discipline be consistent if you're going whatever it is that you're gonna do be consistent because that stability and consistency shows them that there is stability in it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, you do it and, it and be consistent with it. And it shows them that. Um, as well as raising her in church um, was probably one of the most important things, teaching her the word. Um, also letting her know that, you know, look, I'm mom. I'll be your friend at some point, but I'm mom. And that's where, you know, I have to be. I have to be mom. To you I make hard decisions um, that you may not like but you know it all comes down to I'm mom and I will be your friend but it's gonna take you know on down the line to become that also something that um, my mom that has instilled in me that I want to just say to those other moms as well is you know we go through all kinds of different struggles when we raise our children we go through all kinds of different things um, being married being young and uh, I remember specifically, there was one time right when we moved home, Chester and I were just really struggling and just kind of, you know, not, not floundering at all, just, just really struggling. And I text mom and I just told her, you know, look, I'm tired. I'm tired. And um, one of the things she texted me back and I screenshotted it because I wanted to remember it always. And it's something I want to say to mothers and to also say to Brianna as well, is in that text she said, we have to just keep trudging along you are learning big lessons and growing so you can help your child one day. You gotta love these trials to learn. Mm. That was huge to me, huge. And I wanna say that to all mothers because we're gonna go through all kinds of trials with our children, but we have to learn to love these trials in order to learn. And it takes me back to where it says in James, James one and, and two, it says, my brethren counted all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, let, um, that you may be perfect and complete, lack, lacking nothing. And I'm, I'm just saying, you got to love the trials. You have to love them to learn. And I'm learning, even now, to love them. It's not been fun, but it's been good. And it's been good to learn. That's so good. That's so good. 
Tressa, I want to ask you a question that's unplanned, but it, it goes right along with that. Um, one of the things that she's doing in her uh, small group right now is their, uh, her small group of ladies is sharing their testimonies and their stories. And um, what is something that you're seeing as you're listening to those ladies share their stories? And it goes along with what you were talking about, really, about the journey that all moms are on, you know, through their whole lives. It doesn't end when they graduate. You know, but what are some things you're learning, you're seeing that maybe those ladies are learning as they're reviewing their testimonies and there's important for them to know as moms? I think we have to learn and remember that while all of our backgrounds are different, um, and while some may be more difficult than others, as we have um, heard some amazing situations that the Lord has brought our women through, while we struggle maybe with why our lives may have been rougher than someone else's, or the opposite, why was my life spared all of those difficulties compared to them? We have to remember, ladies, that, sorry, I wasn't expecting you to ask me that, um, that somehow through the midst of it all, the Lord has called you uniquely mm. on purpose to not only be the woman you are, through whatever you may have experienced in life and may continue to experience. But he has made you uniquely to be the mother you are. Very, very purposefully. And somehow, just like Joseph told his brothers, what you meant for evil, God will turn for good. That is what continues to be in my mind as we keep hearing these ladies' testimonies. And we're only, we're not even halfway through. So, by the way, don't forget to write yours because it's coming. All of you are trying to get out of it. And, oh, I just won't get on tonight. We know who you are. So you might as well just give it up and just go ahead and write it out and get ready to share. Because let me tell you something. God sees. He is Jehovah Rohi. He has seen everything that you have been through. He knows who you are by name. And he has called you by name, yeah. even in the midst of all of that happening to you. And so, however, he wants to use it. You need to let him use it because he is the God who changes and he turns all things ultimately for his good. But if you keep it to yourself, it does no good. And so don't allow that to be hidden. But allow God to use you uniquely. Because he's created you uniquely. Good. Very good. Um. All right, so guys and husbands listening at home, you're, you're not going to get out of this. We're going to 
use these ladies and their wisdom and advice. And uh, so talk to the men. Renee, I'll start with you. Uh, talk to the men. Tell them what are some essential things they need to know about their women. And all the men are leaning. You're talking about leaning in. The men are leaning in. Let me learn something. Oh, I I'm leaning learn. in. I can't Lean wait. In. All, the, all the men here are, are rushing the altar right now. Y'all stay back. Stay back. Well, um, before I say that, I just want to say, I don't, this is bugging me, so I just have to say it. I, I don't think I said the names of my other two sons, and I love them very much. So, <laughs> Jordan and Jared, and they are both single, and um, I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little off track, but. Right. Um, 1,200 people just heard that. In the chat right now, in the Facebook chat, you can add your profile. A they, are to your profile. they are good looking, and they are single, and they have good jobs. So I'll yes. just throw that out there. And we all vouch for that. Right. And I have been praying for those young women for a very long time, right. whoever they are. So there's that. Um, as far as two husbands, there were two things I felt like I just wanted to say. And the first thing is... Um, Come alongside your wife. It's not about just doing things for her, but come alongside her and do whatever she needs, whether that's laundry, whether that is, we had the most wonderful experience. Uh, I don't know that I would have said wonderful years ago, but this was wonderful during the coronavirus. Kevin and Cody and I cooked dinner together and like for a person like me who, ha who has control issues in the kitchen, um, I just, I let it go. And, and it was a wonderful meal. They weren't doing it exactly. Like that was what I had to hold back is, oh my gosh, he's not doing that like I would have done that. And I had to let go of that. But at the end of that, when we all did it together, I enjoyed dinner and I wasn't stressed and I wasn't frustrated and hot and sweating. Actually, I pretty much supervised that meal, so it, it was wonderful. But it's not about doing it for them, but rather coming alongside them and doing it with them. And the other thing that I would say is let her hear you pray for her and for your children. Don't just say, well, I pray for you, but pray where she can hear you and your children can hear you. That is, um, that's a huge thing. Kelly? Uh, I have a couple of the same ones as you, like doing laundry and things like that. I have a great husband who um, does do that. He needs clean clothes. So, um, but um, just to add to that, you know, be a present and a good dad um, that you don't have to be motherly or you don't have to take on the characteristics of what the wife does, that you be you and you be the person God created you to be in your child's life, which is just as important as the mother's side. And I love all the videos with the dads like sucking the little girl's hair up in the um, <laughs> vacuum cleaner and putting on the thing and stuff. But that's what comes to mind to me is like, do you do the best that you can, but be present. Um, and, and again, like you said, come alongside your wife, not, you know, I don't know, I, I hesitate to say this, but I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, going to church with your wife, um, you know, I, I'm not here to judge and say if you don't do that, that something's not right in your heart. But I would say that I don't quite know how if you think that's, if you want your children to have a relationship with Christ or you want your family to follow Christ and you leave them not and don't come with them and don't join them, 
um, you know, you're missing out. Um, you're missing out on that um, opportunity to lead your family um, in that way. So that would be what I would say. Um, I, I had a couple of, to go along with that too, but Miss Renee made it sound so beautiful when she said it. But I do want to say one of the things um, is to listen. Um, your wife has children that she listens to all day long. And sometimes she just needs a man to listen to her. Um, she just needs to be listened to. You know, she can talk to her children all day long, but it's, you know, it's normally kid talk. But she just wants someone that will listen. Um, men are fixers, and we know that. But sometimes they just need to listen. Just listen. And I had also put down, you know, um, you know cleaning up, helping, helping around the house. To me, there is nothing more manly than a man that'll pick up a vacuum cleaner and will vacuum a rug or will put laundry in the, the laundry basket or bring the laundry basket so that I can load it in the... There's nothing more manly than that. It just speaks volumes to me. Um, cleaning the dishes. It just means a lot. It's the little things. It's the little things. Chester, she doesn't mean right now. You don't have to come in here with the vacuum cleaner. You can go put it... It's okay. You can go put it back. It's okay. Well, you can do it later. Thank you. Thank you, Chester. Appreciate that. All right. Tress, what you got? I was afraid you were going to skip me. <coughs> um, does that turn you on, Jen? When you like see all that? It. Yeah. it makes me very happy. Yes. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. Happy Father's Day on Mother's Day. Now all the men are going to get a vacuum cleaner. My goodness. The room is empty of men looking for... Oh, my Lord. There they go. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> all of those fathers out there, take that woman out. Those of you who have been here a while and been around, you've heard that. But you still haven't done it. You know how I know? Because I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching her deteriorate before my eyes. <laughs> Take her out. Take her away from the house. Thank you for doing the laundry. Thank you for helping her and being beside her. But at least at some point, once a year, take the woman out of the house. Take her away from the children that she loves dearly and does everything for. But for the sake of her sanity, for her soul, her mind, her body, take her away. And it is beneficial for you as well. Take her away. Take her out. Take her out. Take her out. This time next year, if you have yet to take her out, I will personally give you my paycheck to help you. I better write that down because I will forget. They're, they've got jobs. They can spend their own money, not yours. I don't know what's keeping them from doing it. It's so, it's just reciprocal. You take her out, she gives in return. You take her out, she gives in return. There is, there is peaceful bliss that you are missing out on when you just give excuse after excuse give a reason for not I don't get it 
I don't get it. Take the woman out. Girls, don't fight it. And don't you dare look at them and say some snide comment, it's about time, because you will shut them down. Take her out, gentlemen, for a nice time. And she will, she will love it, and she will love you more. All right, guys, if you're still viewing, uh, if you're still there with us, we're going to close out with one final question. Um, so here's the last question. Um, I want each of you ladies, and we'll, uh, we'll start with Renee and come back this way. Um, I just want you to look at the moms out there and just share something from your heart, just letting them know uh, why they are essential. Um, well, I just I kind of went in a different um as far as that question goes, a story came to mind, and Pastor, you said it uh, a little bit ago when we started out, and you talked about praying, praying often, and don't don't quit. You know, let that be one of the things that you do. And there's a story in <clears throat> Second Samuel chapter 21 that tells a story of a woman named Rizpah. And without giving all the background of that story, I'll just say there was, a, there was a national crisis. There was a famine that had been going on for three years in that land. And David was king at the time. And when he went to the Lord to ask the Lord about it, the Lord said, this is because of the guilt of Saul's house in killing, in killing and murdering the Gibeonites. And, uh, and so the result of that was they took seven sons of Saul and they hung them. They murdered them. They executed them and that satisfied the Gibeonites. They actually did the executing. And two of those boys belonged to the woman named Rizpah, who was a concubine of Saul's. And her response to that, she couldn't stop what was happening. But what she did do, and this was at the beginning of the barley season, she took burlap and she spread it out on a rock. And by day, she beat the birds away, and at night she kept the wild animals from devouring those boys. And what I would say to you as a mother, physically you can't stop everything that's going to happen. You can't be with them 24 hours a day. But you can have a spirit like Rizpah did that said, not on my watch. You're not going to devour them on my watch. You're not going to devour them during the day. You're not going to devour them during the night. And whatever I can do for however long this season lasts, I'm going to stay right here on my post. And I'm going to keep the wild animals away at night. And I'm going to keep those birds that would like to destroy and eat their flesh. I'm going to keep those away. And the biggest way that we're able to do that is through prayer. Pray where they can hear you and pray where they can't. But pray often, pray little prayers, pray long prayers. But whatever you do, don't stop praying. And the other thing is, praise them often. Let them hear you say the good things. Teach them to declare for themselves who they are. You know, a lot of people do different things. For us, it was in our car on the way to school. I would just ask them, who are you? You say it for yourself. And if I ask them up here this morning, they could tell you what they would respond with is, I'm a mighty man of God and a giant slayer. You declare it for yourself. So you, you let them hear you say good things about them. And then you teach them to say it for themselves.
and watch what God will do. Ladies, I just want to, um, to tell you that you are essential because you are the one who was chosen to raise those babies that you have. As I said earlier, you are the uniquely purposed one. God knew you before you were born, and he knew every child you have before they were born. You are the one to raise those children to be beautiful, godly men and women, followers of Christ, lifelong followers of Christ. And he knew it before any of you were born because of his plans for you. Your worth is far more precious than any ruby, than any diamond. Your strength and your dignity do not come from your past. They do not come from your situations. They come from your love for God. Your beauty, as the scripture says, outward beauty is fleeting. Your beauty comes from within because the Lord is in you. You are worth far more to the Lord than you ever know. And you are to not be compared to anyone else. Um, I want to start with the um, scripture, Hebrews 12, 1, that talks about let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus. And um, what I mean by that is, of course, as moms running your race, not somebody else's, but yours. And many of the things that you guys said kind of lead into that. Um, just remembering that your faithfulness to seeking and leaning into God, like I shared earlier, that my mom did, and pointing your children to Jesus over and over and over is the most important thing that you can do as a mom. That's your mission field, essentially, as a mom, is to do that over and over and over. Like we many times as mom feel like we're saying the same thing over and over and over, but that is critical. Um, and I would, I would say to moms, if you're not doing that now, if you're listening and you've not been doing that, you can start right now. You can turn that around immediately, like my mom did. Um, in a hard time, you can choose to lean in or to lean out. And I would say lean in to Jesus and point your children to him. I, the only other thing I would want to say is um, the conversations that you get to have, that I get to have as a mama, we've talked about them when you're in the car and these are my favorite times right now is when you're in the car and you get to talk and they're asking questions. That is a time to slip in stories about God's faithfulness. When you're disciplining your children, which is so important, 
that is the time to teach your children about God's faithfulness even when we mess up. I mean, that's the time, slip it in. Um, and, you know, again, when you're having just those mundane times when you just want to throw in the towel and you're just having to do the same thing over and over and over again as a mom is to remember that God is faithful to us and shows up every time over and over and over again. And because of that, as a mom, that's what I want to show up and try to reflect back to my child. Um, the teacher in me wanted to look up the definition of essential. Essential is absolutely necessary, extremely important. What I want to say to you this morning is, in fact, if I had a bunch of mirrors that I could pass out this morning, or if you've got your phone with you, mamas, why don't you take out your phone this morning and turn, it, turn that camera to face you? Because what I wanted to say today to you is, you are seen. You matter. Even when you feel like you don't matter, you matter. When you're taking care of the babies and you're taking care of your older children, or you're taking care of someone else's children, you matter. You are seen. God sees you. You are absolutely necessary to the growing up and the rearing up of your children. They need you. They can't make it without you. They need that mother figure. They need that love, that nurture. You know, I dreaded, and I'll be honest, and I'm going to say it on Facebook, I dreaded the thought of going to kindergarten. Y'all remember, I whined, I whined, and I cried. But when I got in there, I realized it wasn't for me. I needed them more than they needed me. To love on them and to nurture them and to hold them, I needed them. And even in all of that, while you're doing all of those things, you're seen. God sees you. He knows exactly where you are. He loves you. You are necessary to them and to your families. You mean the world to them. Don't ever forget it. Look at yourself in the mirror and know you are important. And he sees you. So good. So good. Thank you all for sharing your stories and uh, beautiful excellent job this morning we uh, I know you're encouraged and lifted up and uh, one of the great things about what we do when we record these services is they're always there and so as we're wrapping up I just want to say to you at home ladies um, when you get discouraged and you get down pull this up and watch it again or listen to it on the podcast however you find it uh, thank y'all fantastic job thank you for pulling back the curtain sharing your stories and and your kids stories and uh we've been blessed today amen we're gonna make a transition right now and, and before we do that i just want to ask tressa to uh to pray over you ladies at home as we um come to a close this morning let's pray father we thank you 
we thank you for loving us. We thank you for loving us first. That while we were still sinners, your son died for us. And we thank you for the value that your son placed on your creation, your women. Father, we've heard so many good, essential lessons and character traits and reminders in your word of what you expect from us moms. And so today I pray a blessing over every mother who is in this room, over every mother who is tuned in today. Again, Lord, we are reminded that you are the God who sees. You are the God who knows us. You know us from our beginning to our end. You hold us in the palm of your hand where our names are written. And Lord, as Ritzba stood before her children and protected them and fought for them, and as you remind us throughout Proverbs 31 of all of the amazing accomplishments and amazing talents that this particular mother had, you remind us, Father, that what matters most is that we love you, that we put you first, that we teach our children your ways. And out of that comes our strength. Out of that comes our dignity. Out of that comes our worth. And Lord, our journeys look so different. Our our plans that you've laid out for us are so different. And the one unique thing that we all have at the same time is that our journeys are accompanied by you. You walk beside us. You never leave us. You guide us. So Lord, I pray that you would remind every mother this morning that they are not alone, that you are with them, that you watch over them, you keep them. Give them strength today, Father. Give them your peace, Lord. Open their eyes to see beyond the daily rituals, beyond the daily routines. Help them to see their children as you do. I pray, Father, that you would bless their efforts. I pray, Father, that they would see your goodness while they're still here. They will see your character in their children. And Father, that as each generation comes, 
that they will be able to rejoice knowing that who you are is being passed down with a relationship with you and a belief in who you are and the mighty things that you do. Bless your mothers, Lord. Bless your children who are raising up godly men and women for you. And Father, we give you all praise. We give you all glory. And we thank you for reminding us today that our worth is found in you and no one else, nothing else. We praise you, Jesus. We love you. Amen.
May his favor be upon you in a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 he is for
Wow. Amen. What a great day of worship today, moms. We hope that you've been encouraged. We hope that your home has been encouraged today. And as uh, we finish up this morning, just a few announcements. want to remind everybody that uh, Kid City Worship is available at rcog.tv. Week 4 of Pastor Josh and Miss Beverly's uh, new series is available right there. This Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, join us again right here for uh, something different this Wednesday night. We're going to do a night of prayer combined with some worship, and we're going to uh, take your questions. If you have any questions about phase one of our Welcome Back to Church plan of action as we plan to come back together next Sunday, we're going to take your questions and pray over our church and just what's coming next in this season for us. And, uh, and with that said, we will see you back here next Sunday on campus. Can't wait to see you. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great afternoon. We love you.